Hey there, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. Today, I have a really, really fun episode for you with one of my clients, Megan Polk. I met Megan through another one of my clients, Sarah Marie, and oh my goodness, I am so, so glad that I did. Not only is she such a genuinely kind and positive person, but she is seriously such an incredible wealth of knowledge for teachers. Megan Polk is a literacy specialist and the owner slash curriculum designer behind the Literacy Dive. She recently rebranded, so you may formally know her as Miss P's Style. She's a lover of all things literacy and supports students and teachers around the world with strategies, activities, and more. Megan has taught kindergarten, second, and fourth grade before moving into the role of reading and writing interventionist where she serviced students K through five. It was during that role where she grew an intense love for literacy and became passionate about doing everything possible to close the gaps and help students improve their deficits. Megan loves to connect with teachers on Instagram as well as through the Literacy Dive podcast. She enjoys sharing her craft and techniques with the hopes of making the job of teaching literacy way easier. So Megan first started her podcast on her own before we initially connected. So in this episode, she tells us a little bit about that experience and how her show has grown along the way, as well as how she first started her TPT business. She has some really, really awesome ideas on how to get your audience involved in your podcast episodes too. You are going to love this talk, so let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, former elementary school teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most. Busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on the show. I am so good. I'm so excited to be here with you. Awesome. We were just talking before we jumped on and Megan is a huge cheetah print leopard print fan. And I have my cheetah print scrunchie in just for you today. (laughs) I saw it peeking out and I just knew instantly. I was like, this is going to be an amazing episode. It's just, it's my whole, my whole spirit (laughs) in life is just on fire. I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yes. Yes. It's going to be great. So I would love to hear a little bit about how you, because I know you were a teacher and I'd love to hear your background in teaching and how you kind of made that transition into starting your own TPT store, your own online business. And then we'll get into how you started your podcast. Perfect. Yes. So I have been an elementary teacher for several years prior to moving to Nashville, which I did recently. And I have taught second grade. Well, I started with kindergarten and then I moved to second grade. I moved to fourth grade. And then I moved into a reading interventionist role where I taught K through five with reading intervention. And then it turned into reading and writing intervention. So several, several years in the elementary grades. And I've always worked in title one schools all the time. And so a lot of my students were ESL or they were from low-income families. They did not have access to all of the resources. 
and just, yeah, resources really that a lot of other children had. And so I always had students who were struggling or coming in not on grade level. And so during that time, I would find myself having to create just variations of what the supplies we did get. A lot of the time the kids could not read it. So I was having to kind of adapt it and make it useful for the kids that I did have or the kids who weren't reading at all. I would have to try to figure out how to make this day engaging for you. So I guess I'd always had kind of made resources. They were just never what we would call like Pinterest ready or ready for TPT. And so getting into my TPT business was a complete accident, honestly. I wanted, well, so another one of your clients, Sarah and I, uh, Sarah Marie, we are very, very good friends and we were teaching together in Houston and we wanted to do conferences. And so we were wanting to go to different places and present different topics of literacy, but we learned that you have to pay for registration. You have to pay to get there. You have to pay to stay. (laughs) And of course, like we're not the big keynotes, but we're just like, oh my gosh, like we even have to pay the registration fee to present at your conference. And so we were just thinking like, okay, we're sharing this information. What if we started TPT stores? We could make $50. And as we saved it, we could try to do conferences twice a year And then we could just use that money to cover gas, to cover hotel and everything like that. So we literally got together at a Starbucks in July before we were going on a work trip and we opened up stores. And I remember putting my first set of math task cards inside of my store. And so literally from that point, it just grew. And as I was changing grade levels and changing uh, roles, I would create resources. And then I just really fell in love with helping other teachers get their students up to grade level or get their students excited or past different types of challenges they had. And now it's turned into a complete business. So I would say that my journey was accidental. It was nothing that I planned or set out to do. I really just wanted to not have to pay to present at conferences. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever heard that story. I didn't realize that you and Sarah started your stores at the same time. The same day, same time at a Starbucks. The only difference is she started the first day as premium. I started as regular and was like, well, when I make that money, I'll pay for premium. And when we got off the plane, I had already made like two sales and I made like no money. And so we got to the hotel and I instantly paid for premium. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. How cool. Did you all ever consider like doing a joint store or were you always? We did. Okay. Yeah, no, we did. We definitely had talked about like doing a joint store in the past years. We've talked about doing like a joint podcast. Like we've talked about doing a lot of joint stuff. And I think when it came, I even reached out to Deanna Jump by email because I saw that her and and DD Wills like did a lot of stuff together. And I was like, how does that work? We definitely had a season where we were like, okay, we could do some joint stuff, but inevitably, like we, when we started going to the forums and we started going to groups, it seemed to be a lot more complicated than what I was able to like truly understand within business. And so we just hadn't done anything together, but yeah, it probably gets a little messy going into business with one of your good friends. It's probably better in the long run to stay separate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But that is so cool that you all started it together. You could like support each other along the way. I love that. And it's funny that you say you just wanted to start to be able to cover these registration fees and 
buy your Starbucks drinks and all of that. And I'm the same way. Like I remember when I first started my business, I was like, if I could just make like, you know, a couple like hundred dollars to start with a month, that would be great. And then it takes off and turns into this whole other thing. So I love it. I also taught in title one schools, so I can very much relate to your experience. And it's really cool for me to, when I was teaching, I was the person buying the TPT resources and now I'm able to work with people like you. So it's like this full, full circle thing. It's really cool. So cool. It's so cool when looking back on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what year was that when you all started your store? We started in July of 2015. 2015. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And like, she, I will say she was like, I mean, I love, like when you talk about being able to support each other, her motivation is always so awesome to watch because we work very differently, but I really, I put in like some task cards and stuff, but then I really got serious about it in April of 2016. Okay. So But yeah, we started July 2015 at a Starbucks in Houston, Texas. I love it. I love it. Is Texas like a really big hotspot for TPT sellers? Like I feel like when I first learned about TPT years ago, all the sellers, all the like big sellers were from Texas. Is that a thing or is that something I'm making Yes, it is a hot spot. (laughs) I mean, even at the conferences, we have our own region. So when they're separating like the U S where it's like the Northern, the, you know, Western Eastern, like, then it's like Texas. Like if you're from (laughs) Texas, you all go meet in this room. Uh, so it definitely is. And I know that there is a big push there too, I think, because we're, well, I say we, I now live in a common core state of Tennessee, but in Texas, we don't use common core. We use teaks. And so I think a lot of it is that there's a lot of teachers in Texas. And so we needed things that were specific to our standards. Although you could use stuff from Common Core, similar to Common Core states where they needed to show what standard is it hitting, mm-hmm. we needed stuff specifically for Texas. And then also Texas did add in a lot of stuff that Common Core didn't have. So I think that's a big part of it too, is like the teaks and the standards. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't realize that Texas wasn't common core because I am from Virginia and that's where I taught and we are not common core either. Mm. So yeah. And I think Florida isn't either. I don't think. Okay. And there might be like one other, I mean, no, there's probably more places than one other, but I yeah, know it's that not, there's definitely it's not, not that many. Yeah. No. It's not that many. Okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit about your podcast. So I was just looking before we jumped on because I was trying to remember exactly what month we started working together. And it was back in February. (laughs) I did the same thing. I was thinking it was an M, but I was like, when we really got started with everything, was it March or was it May? I could not remember. And then I know that our first communications were February. Yeah. So almost a year, which is crazy. I mean, we still have a few months, but in my opinion, we're already in like the holiday season and 2022. Yes. (laughs) So Megan and I started working together almost a year ago, but you started your podcast in, so it was November, 2020. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So like heart of COVID. So what made you initially decide to start a podcast and what was the experience like for you to launch it on your own? Uh, Yeah. So the reason I wanted to start again, starting a podcast was something that was kind of in my mind for a few years because Sarah and I were going to do a joint podcast. And my history particularly has been that I have a lot of my traffic, a lot of my audience is on Instagram. 
And I would get inundated in the best way with messages. And a lot of it is, you know, teachers wanting to know, how do you do this? I have this scenario. What would you do? Have you had this kind of student before? I only have this many minutes to do X, Y, Z. How can I make this work? And so I got so many questions. I would literally write back novels to people because I love writing. So I would write novels and they're so thankful and they would read it all. But then I was like, I can't keep writing novels, uh, especially <laughs> Such a time com- commitment. It's a time commitment. And then if it's not in a direct message and it's on a comment post, I can't copy and paste it. Mm-hmm. I have to rewrite it again. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. And so then I started doing like voice memos with an Instagram. So I would audio myself and just like talk and answer their question. And it, it made it better for me. But that was like the light bulb that was like, you're talking to talk about this topic, you might as well just like start a podcast and collect all these questions. And then you can just take your time to answer them in depth with a lot more than what you can give right now in like a 60 second before they cut you off. And then like, that's the way to do it. And so, and then we were in the middle of a pandemic. And so I I did have nothing but time, I would say. And so that's kind of how I started it. But ultimately before making that commitment, I wanted like a resource library for teachers. And I'm like, well, it's not product-based, but it could be a resource library of full of questions that they are probably going to come across within their 10 months of school. And it could be a place where they can go and just get motivation, get the ideas, get strategies and steps like that. But in terms of how I actually got it started, was that the next part you were saying? Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah. Okay. I actually um, went to one of my really good friends uh, that I met through TPT and I've been in a couple of masterminds and groups with her, but Rachel, you also now work with her too. Oh yeah. Rachel. (laughs) She, this is the other part to that is that she had a podcast before that were for, um, you know, teacher sellers and toward the end of her podcast before she ended it, I don't know, maybe if three or four months, I was a co-host with her on her show And so it's like little things started kind of happening. And then, you know, we were all in total support of her, like going a different direction, but it did stick with me. Like that was really great getting on there and like talking to people. So I definitely reached out to Rachel and her sweet husband, Grant. I was like, listen, I want to start this. I need your help. And like, they were just so sweet. We got on zoom. They were showing me how to do stuff on Libsyn. And then, and then from there, I just went to a lot of like YouTube, I like watched Pat Flynn and like, literally yeah, I watched Flynn's like such a good resource. I watched like two videos and I was like, Oh, well, I'm just going to start and figure <laughs> it out. So yeah. Like, so that's how I just kind of jumped in and I just know myself and I can find a million reasons why I shouldn't do something. So I just knew that I needed to do it so that I could do it. So I just kind of jumped. Yes. And I love hearing that because I mean, that's what holds so many people up is they sit on it and they think about all the things that could go wrong or can't go right. And they never do it, but you just got to jump in and you kind of learn as you go. And yes, it's totally possible. I have heard, so you said you were a guest on Rachel's podcast and that kind of helped you see like, this would be a fun thing to do. Guesting on other podcasts, I've heard being referred to as the gateway drug to hosting your own podcast because it gives you the experience and like you see how fun it is. That's why so many people end up starting is because they guest on someone else's show and then they end up wanting to start their own. So that's funny. Yeah. Rachel is so sweet. And I love, she was talking to me about how her husband, especially in the beginning, 
like did a lot to help her get started with the podcast. And oh yeah, he's great. Like yeah. he helped me get started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he's the reason that she started the one that she has now. That's awesome. So I know that you kind of went in with the mindset of like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And you went right in. Did you have any kind of like fears in the back of your mind? <laughs> and if so, what were they? I did. I mean, I had fears. I mean, one, it was like all the technology. Cause I mean, when you think about getting a podcast up and you're like, I listen to podcasts, I listen to Apple music, but when you think about getting it on there, it's like, how do you do that? It has to be like so hard and so daunting. And so the tech I've seen GarageBand on my MacBook since I first got one in like 2005 or something, <laughs> but it's like, I've never had to use it. So when going even into GarageBand, it's like, oh my gosh, like how do I, what do I do here? Yeah. So the technology was definitely a fear that I had with like getting started, but then I realized there are things for some people, but like with podcasting, you don't need everything. And then there are also ways now that I'm learning that there's things that I don't even have to learn or touch and like, it makes it so much better. But the other fear is just like, I also know myself and it's like, getting started. Sometimes I jump in, but it's like keeping up with things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just like, well, keeping up with it. But the biggest thing was like, what if I start this thing? And then like, nobody wants to listen or no one really likes it. Then like I failed or, you know, so it's like all of those kind of fears with tech and then surrounding emotions were the things that I had getting started. Yeah, absolutely. It's gotta be, I mean, looking back on that time that you were responding to all of those people one-on-one with a voice memo, like it's got to be such a time saver for you now, because I know that you still, of course, talk to people in your DMs, but you can now take all of those commonly asked questions and go in depth with them in a podcast episode and reach a ton of people rather than like repeating yourself over and over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. And I also had to think about the teacher that writes me and whenever I write back, For me, it's just, I'm writing back because I value your question. And for them, it's like, I didn't even know if you were going to write back. I've written so many people on Instagram and no one ever responds. Yeah. So it makes me think that like, if someone did write someone five months ago and never got a response, they're not going to continue taking their shot to reach out. So it kind of was a light bulb when she said that, that there are so many teachers who have these questions, but won't reach out or don't want to ask for the same reasons of like, are you going to respond to me? You're probably so busy. Like you're not even going to see it. Yeah. So it is great to have that. And then if it is a question of like, you know, I'm trying to figure out my schedule or I'm trying to figure out how to get my reluctant writers to write. I can say, Hey, check out these episodes, send the links. And it's like beautiful. So. Yes. I'm so glad that you said that because you have to constantly remember that you have all of these episodes that you've done. I think sometimes people release an episode and whatever week it is, that's like what their mindset is. But you have this whole bank of episodes and commonly asked questions that you can always refer back to. And that's a great way to answer people's questions is by providing them with a link so they can go check out the episode for more. But I definitely think when you see somebody with an Instagram that has like thousands and thousands of followers, a lot of people probably don't expect a response. I remember the first time somebody even sent me a voice memo on Instagram and I like, didn't even know that Instagram had a voice memo. I was like, what is this? (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't either. And I will tell you, like, I learned it first because I had like just some communications and Casey Morris always 
does voice memos. Well, she does them a lot. I don't know. She also does regular messages too. Yeah. But I know that she does the voice messages because she did them for me. And I'm just like, that's such a personal touch. But again, you do enough of those or, you know, she has a podcast, but it's like, if you do enough of those, you're just like, oh, I could totally get in the habit of doing this. Or if you have a podcast, it's like, I'd rather just talk it to you than type it to you. Yeah. So absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned that one of your fears, of course, is that, okay, what if nobody listens? Like, that's really going to suck. I think that that's a very (laughs) common fear that everybody has. Do you have like a moment where you realized, okay, people are listening and you kind of started getting that feedback in and it gave you that validation that you needed? I did. Mainly it came from, you know, I think at the end of, in my very first podcast, like probably like the first 10 or 15, I would really be heavy with like, oh, go and try this and let me know how it goes. And I remember getting my very first DM about how it went and I got some, but I remember one in particular that was in one of my earlier episodes and it was about quick writes. Mm-hmm. And she wrote and she sent me work samples of her students. And she's like, oh my gosh, I've been struggling this whole year. And I try to quick, quick write. I can't even say, say that fast. That's times. hard. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I think the episode I talked about it and I'm like, uh, can you edit that? I'm going to try this <laughs> the third time. A quick, right? Quick, quick write. Yeah. Quick stuff. Write. Yeah. So she did it. And she was like, this is the thing that I needed. It made me know like, oh my God oh my gosh, like people are listening and they are going back and trying it and they are coming to me and celebrating when they do it and when they have success. And so from that point, I was like, people are out there, people are listening. And it just made me really excited just to keep going. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm not just talking to myself into a microphone. People are actually listening on the other end. And I think when, you know, the resources that you all create are so amazing. Like I know as a teacher, I could not have gotten through teaching without those resources, but it's a whole nother level to be able to have a podcast to listen to that really goes into detail about how to actually use these resources and the strategies behind it and the reasoning behind why this is a good thing to use for your students. So, I mean, I just think overall, like what a powerful resource for your audience. Yeah, no, I'm so excited that I that I got started and yeah. have this for them. Yeah. Okay, so you and I started working together after you had already been managing everything by yourself for a few months. Praise God because <laughs> I just celebrated one year and I was like I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> I wouldn't have made it. So anyway. you would have, you would have, you are awesome. But tell me, is that something that you had been considering from the very beginning? Or was there a point where you're like, okay, I need help? No, honestly, from the very beginning, because I, the only person that I knew closely that did a podcast, they did it themselves, which is Rachel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, well, you know, if I get myself on a system or get a schedule going, I can totally manage this. And I mean, and so it is something like I did it. I did it for, you know, months. Um, and yeah, I mean, and that's something to celebrate. Don't sell yourself. It short. is. <laughs> it is something to celebrate when it was something completely out of my realm and so brand new. And I taught myself a lot of things. And I, yeah. I love the one I do love starting because I, I know the back end of stuff and like how things work. And so that's really cool. So I never really thought about like passing it off, but from the world that we're in with TPT, I know that there's always a VA or Mm -hmm. a manager for something. 
And so with this being so brand new and me already knowing I have all these other things on my plate that I'm trying to find time to do in my head, I was like, I'm not going to be able to sustain this, but you know, I don't know what to do. That's kind of like how it started, but I knew like, this is going to be something that you're going to have to get help with in some capacity. I don't even know what that looks like, what it is, but like, you're going to have to be. And so when I did get introduced to like, I think the way that I learned about you was I saw Sarah, like she had an audiogram and I was like, (laughs) how did you do that? Where did you do that? Like, I know, I know the link, I know the website that does them, but like, that's amazing. And she was like, oh, I don't even know. I don't do it. I was like, (laughs) I was like, yep. Oh my gosh. But those were the things that I was not doing myself. And so while I was doing enough to like get by and to have a podcast and I would share a graphic, I was not taking it up to the notch that I, that would match my business. And so I knew at that point I was like, I have to get help with this. And so that's when I had uh, reached out to you. Yeah. It is so funny because you are not the first person to say it's always the audiogram. I don't know what it is, but people see these things and they're like, what is this? How do you make this? And like, I don't want to give away my secrets. It's not difficult, but it looks like very high tech and really well, it looks professional. And I just knew that I wanted my business now that I took it from being like a side gig. And I'm like, no, I have a business. I'm like, I want things that look like it represents my business. Right. And during that time frame, when I did reach out to you, I was just, I had so much overwhelm, like on top of managing, getting out, you know, like doing a pandemic school year, because I was full-time in the classroom ending 2020. So it's like, Outside of that whole being a whole beast. Like that's insane. Looking back, you must be like, how did I even do this? No. And so, and because of that, you know, some schools did like kind of shut down a little bit and take it easy on teachers. My district was like, no, we're going full force after spring break and teaching virtually. So the summer when I would usually prep a lot of content, I was so exhausted. And then, you know, we started the next, you know, the next school year started, it's virtual for so many teachers. And so that's kind of when this got birthed as well. But I just had a lot of overwhelm of like coming off of a heavy school year. I had a lot of stuff now taking on this TPT thing as like my full-time business. And then on top of that, I was moving. I knew I was moving. It was going to be in August, September, January, March. I knew it was coming and I kept planning for it. And I finally moved at the end of April, but I knew I was also planning a move. And so I was like, I can't do all of this stuff. And there are some things that I took away, like the Facebook group that I started for teachers. It had the same, it was the same idea of where I could have a place for teachers to interact. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I don't have the capacity and I took it away. But the podcast was something where it's like, I know I started this last but I really, really want to make this work. And so I abandoned other things to be able to focus on this one, but just knew that I would have to give it away. And I'm so grateful because it's literally heightened my business and it makes me look like a business and it's not just like something I'm throwing together. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, you do have such a successful business and it's really important to be able to look at the whole picture and know, okay, it's time to cut something. Like I can't handle everything. You know, I think in the online business space, especially when you see what everybody else is doing, and we've talked about this before, like the comparison game of, oh, well, they're doing this. So I have to do this. I have to have a Facebook group. I have to do Instagram lives. I have to have a podcast. I have to, you know, all of these things. And 
at some point something has to give. So it's important to like, think about not only what's helping your business the most, but also like what you enjoy doing the most and not just doing something because you think you have to. Right. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. So true. And then back to like the whole tech piece. I know that the tech portion of everything is one thing that scares people about podcasting, not just actually starting a podcast, but maintaining it. And at the end of the day, you know, you can learn the tech stuff, but it's really the time commitment behind all of the different pieces that you have to do for oh, your podcast. Yeah. So it is time consuming. Yeah, it is very time consuming. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So let's shift a little bit to like the planning piece of your podcast. So how do you, how right now, I know that you've like tried a few different things. How do you go about planning out your episodes? Yes. So I have tried a few things and I'm trying so hard to get just like systematized on so many parts of my life and my business. But what I've been doing mainly is trying to go back into the life of like a teacher and thinking about like, what are common things that are coming up now? Like, so the beginning of the year has its set of things around the holiday time has its set of things in, you know, testing season has its set of things. And so I definitely try to look at specific times of years where I know that, okay, this content can be relevant. But then I, what I've been doing is whenever I'm sharing content and things like that on Instagram, I like to pull my audience. I will take questions that they have on my current or recent posts, especially because my posts are typically staying up to date with the current trends. And so if someone has like a specific question and I think like, Ooh, this is timely. I have a notebook of questions and I try to like go through to see, can I group any of these or would this make a good like standalone? Would this be like really good and timely? Am I seeing that a lot of people are struggling about it? And if I'm not sure about it, I will put up a poll where I can say like, Hey, are you going through this or are you teaching this? And if they're like, yes or no, then I know that it's something that is current enough to where I can be able to share it and it'll be something that my audience can benefit from. So that's how I've been planning my episodes, but now I am shifting my thinking so that by 2022, for sure, I can be able to think more seasonally or topically where I can be able to chunk things together or have like a bigger umbrella and have, you know, three, four different parts to it. So that's where I'm shifting to, but when I started again, it was like, I had no plan. So it was just like, okay, I'm going to share topics that I like. Okay. I'm out of those. Let me see what Instagram has. And so that was just like my habit, but now I'm trying to be a little bit more streamlined. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And I mean, I think doing things like looking at questions and comments in Instagram, or if you do have like an active Facebook group, seeing what kinds of things are coming up in there. I mean, that's so smart because you know, for sure that that's what your audience needs. And I think you shifting to more of like an overall theme each month or every few weeks is smart where you are right now in your podcast, because you already have this bank of other episodes that you can use as resources to answer those questions that people are asking. So I think it's a good time to be trying this out. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really excited too. And I think it makes it, I mean, doing a theme, focusing on like a theme for a month or so it makes it easier for your planning too. And you can have a certain number of resources that you are mentioning in those few episodes over and over again. So it's an easier way to kind of chunk things and plan things on your side too. 
I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And I know that, you know, even though I'm so grateful that the majority of the time suck is now passed off to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, it still is so what I'm here for. <laughs> on the recording. Yeah. It's still so time consuming on the recording end. And so I think that like, if there is something else where if my brain is thinking about this one topic and I can just go there, I think it's going to be so much easier for me. And like you said, even like my resource links, or if it's a freebie, I can just constantly share it and not have to come up with new content. And so for the longest time, I was kind of thinking like, I have to have new stuff all the time. And it's like, no, you don't, you can just repeat the same thing. And so now that I've like seen other people do it, and I know that like, that is the way to go. I'm very excited to um, be able to make things a little bit more simpler by breaking it down even smaller and just spanning it over across a longer time. Yeah, totally. Because I think often we can have a topic for an episode and then you go to outline it. And really it could be like three episodes because you can just pull out little points and expand on them. And that's, that's a whole episode right there. So sometimes simplifying things is better. Now, do you, I know you have an email list, so do you interact with your email list at all in terms of asking them on their opinion on future episodes, or do you get a lot of feedback via email? How do you promote your episodes on there overall? Like how do you use your, your email marketing with your podcast? Yeah. So I have been, I'm trying up a new strategy with my email list currently. Well, I'll be trying it really in 2022. And so I'm trying to change the format and flow of it, but for the longest time, yes, I would kind of share out the morning of, or the next day about the episode. And then definitely like ask them, like, what questions do you have? Are there ways that you have done it too? things like that. And so that's kind of like what I like to do in there. I want to add like a Google form, like somewhere small in the very bottom where it's always there, like click here where you can be able to submit if you have a question or if you have, you know, topics like that to where I don't have to blanket statement, like ask it in a paragraph, but it's Mm. just kind of like a part and I can just refer people down to it. And then every now and then I want to bring it back into the main text where it's just going to be there twice but I definitely want to involve them a lot more than what I had been just by that way, just because I feel like this is for them. And Mm -hmm. so I ultimately want to make sure that the content that I'm sharing is something that's going to be able to grow them. But my email list is we just have not necessarily like a love hate relationship, but we are having like growing pains. And so it's growing (laughs) and it's paining me a little bit because I'm trying to figure out like what to do. And I think for me, it's that I will never please 100% of the people, but that's always my goal. And so if I'm trying to do something, I will think about, oh no, but like, what if, what if, what if? And it's like, no, no, no. So I'm currently in like a pruning season where I'm going to like get something that feels good. And then I can't wait to like put this in front of them a lot more and just involve them in the process. I did though, for the summer series, I did a summer series where I was actually able to like get people's questions. And that was really fun because I got some from Instagram, but I probably got like four or five from my email that kind of coincided. But I did for my 50th, when I was doing like a fun Q and a, I got a lot of those from my email list and only a handful from Instagram. So it's kind of fun to involve them then, especially when they hear their names, I will start getting like, Oh my gosh, like you answered my question. Or I could reach out and say, Hey, so-and-so go check out this episode. I answered your question. Even if it's about like, what three things would you take on a deserted Island? Like, well, clearly you wanted to know. So I answered it. (laughs) I answered it. Here you go. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you brought this up. I loved what you did. So in the summer, Megan did 
a Q&A. So her podcast is The Literacy Dive. So we called the series Diving Into Your Q&As. And she got all kinds of questions. And then she would create an episode around those questions. And then for your 50th episode, she did. You want to tell them how you structured that? Oh, yes. So I was, so my 50th is so close to my like one year. One year. So I was like, oh, that's smart. So <laughs> I didn't really want to do anything like super, super big to have to do it twice. And so for that episode, I was like, you know what? I just want to do like, ask me anything. And it can be teaching related. It can be personally. I was like, please, like, try to like not be over the top. But at any rate, I got all of these questions submitted. And so I had a friend of mine, she took the question. So I saw them all, but I didn't know which ones she was going to pick. And so we were going to try to play like, you know, a game of like 20 questions. And I was like, eh, it can be a game of like 50 questions. But I was like, no, 50 is a lot. So we're going to play like 20 questions. <laughs> so she picked 20, a good mix of like teaching ones, a good mix of like pain points and a good mix of just like, let them get to know you, the person behind the microphone. And so she curated like all these questions in an order. And then she sent them to me when I was going to do the episode. So I was able to print them, cut them apart. And then I literally had them face down and I would like, I think you probably heard paper in that episode because yeah. I was like picking one up <laughs> and it was so fun for me because I saw the questions, but I did not know out of all of the questions, which ones were selected. So it was a really good authentic. It felt really good because there was nothing to prep, nothing to plan. And I could really just go somewhere and be like, Oh, you know what? Actually, Eh, you know, <laughs> yes. it was just fun. So that's what I did for that one. And it was just really, really enjoyable for me. Yeah. I loved that episode. And I think it's fun and a good reminder to yourself that even if you specialize in something and that's what your podcast is on, like you have a literacy podcast, it's okay to do things a little out of the ordinary every now and then give your audience a little bit more of the personal side of you. And even like other complimentary topics. I was talking to Sarah about this, actually, like it's okay every now and then to do something that would correlate with your topics or complement your topics like time management or, you know, planning or things like that. So getting creative with doing things a little bit differently than you usually do them is fun from time to time. And it's like a fun break for you too, as the host. Oh yeah. It's yeah. so much fun. Yes. And so I definitely want to be sure to like incorporate those sprinkle them in every now and then, because I just feel like, I mean, I think my audience really likes it and it was really great for me too. So yeah. And it feels interactive for you and for the audience, like how cool is that, that you actually say their name, you give them a shout out and then they're listening and they hear themselves like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, it totally is cool. And I think like for me, you know, it's like, I, no matter who it is, I feel, I would feel that way. I think yeah. about kind of like the radio, you know, and for them, it's like, Oh, it's just my radio show, but like you submitted it. So I'm saying it, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that's a big deal. <laughs> <I'm> famous. <laughs> and so for me, I'm just like, Oh, it's just, I'm like nobody, you know, compared to like someone big, but you know, to everybody, it's just special to be able to highlight people and recognize them and give them a shout out. And so, yeah, that, I really like that. So I can totally see myself continuing on with doing some episodes like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but there is a resource. There's a few resources out there similar, but one of them is called speak pipe and it's where you can actually have, it'll like give you a widget that you can have on your website and 
people can leave voice memos. I think it has to be like under a minute, but people can actually like leave a voice memo with a question or a comment. And then you can like include that in your episodes. And so it's their actual voice in your episodes, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. I will look into that. That's really, really cool. Yeah. It'd be fun to do. Okay. So I know we are kind of getting close to our time here. So to wrap things up, I would love to know what advice do you have for new podcasters, either somebody who's considering a podcast kind of in the planning phase or somebody who's, who's just started? Oh, my, my advice would be similar. It's like, just do it. Like you have knowledge, you have content you have some type of expertise to share. And so if you have that, just knowing how podcasts are becoming like the next, you know, big blog, just get started. It's not as scary as you think, but I would also say, do not feel like you have to do it by yourself. Get help. And then that way it's going to be more enjoyable for you. It's going to be easier to manage. And you can actually just take on that one big important part, which is the content and getting that recorded, but just having fun with everything else that you're doing, whether you're teaching, whether you're doing mom life, whether you're having other avenues and things that you're doing on top of the podcast, it's going to be easier to manage. So definitely get the help, but enjoy the process and just get started. I love it. I love it. And I totally agree. I think that this should be something that's fun and exciting for you and like gives a little spark of joy to your business. So definitely structure in a way that works for you, works for your schedule and is, and is enjoyable for you. And you touched on this, but I want to reiterate that even if you see other podcasts out there that are similar to yours or kind of on the same topic, just know that you will deliver your content in a unique way. Everybody has their own special way of doing things that resonates with different listeners. So don't let that be something that holds you back. So good. All right. Well, this was awesome. I really appreciate you being here. I'm so excited to share this with my audience. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. If you have any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram at podcasting for educators. I'd love to hear from you. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes at podcastingforeducators.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.